Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. U.S. News & World Report released its first ever Best Senior Living ratings on May 10th. Here to speak with me about them today is Ben Harder, Managing Editor and Chief of Health Analysis for U.S. News & World Report. Ben, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Many of our readers may be familiar with U.S. News & World Report's Best Nursing Homes list. Why did U.S. News & World Report decide to start a Best Senior Living's ratings? Well, you know, at U.S. News, our mission is to help consumers make decisions that are informed by data. Um, our, our motto is life's decisions made here. And so we, um, you know, with that consumer as our target audience, we evaluate a wide range of service providers, includes nursing homes, as, as you know, hospitals, hotels, um, many more. Um, and we approach each of those ratings from the perspective of what do consumers need and want to know about the providers that they're considering. Um, so that was the, the lens through which we approached the senior living um, uh, world. Um, we know that when it comes to senior living, it's a crucial decision for consumers for several reasons. One, they're choosing a home, which is, you know, it's where you live. It's, it, that's enormous. And secondly, it's often a very big financial decision for them and for their family. So given that it's such a weighty decision, we want to make sure that consumers have, you know, they, they deserve and they, and, and they should have authoritative, impartial data to help them make those th those choices. And we looked around and we didn't see any other publishing organization like US News that was meeting that need or capable of meeting that need. And so we took it upon ourselves to help consumers make a decision about where to live uh, as seniors. And what are some of the ways that the new senior living ratings differ from what you do with nursing homes? Well, I think coming back to, to it, you know, senior living communities being home for residents, um, that there's an important distinction there. Even when someone lives in a nursing home, it is first and foremost a healthcare institution. And while you know caring for residents, health needs is certainly an important part of the service many senior living providers offer, particularly, for example, in memory care, the leading providers are you know, first and foremost striving to foster uh, you know, a supportive and, and homey community where residents will be happy and fulfilled. So care is part of it, um, but uh, but themes like, uh, you know, that are, uh, are are related to home and hospitality are, are at least as important. And so I think that's uh, an important distinction that we keep in mind in developing the best senior living ratings. That's one reason that we, you know, really focus on the component of consumer satisfaction with these ratings. Okay. And I understand you had some input from industry associations. How were they helpful in the process? Yeah, we've always had a very open and collaborative relationship with industry leaders and other stakeholders. Um, you know, we update all of our ratings every year, which means that stakeholder input, you know, gives us a chance to improve our methodologies and our, our publishing practices. Um, so that's been true for years in projects like Best Hospitals, which I oversee, um, and projects like Best Nursing Homes. Um, and we've worked with leading industry associations, for example, Leading Age and HCA and Cal on our Best Nursing Home ratings over the years. And, you know, we're eager to have more discussions with leading organizations, both associations and individual provider organizations about how we can make sure that we're, we're best, sort of, you know, serving the needs of senior living customers. This was the first year for the senior living ratings, of course. Um, could you talk about the kind of response you received, the number of companies and communities that participated and how many were recognized as best? 
Sure. So we were really gratified that more than 3,000 senior living communities participated in our survey in the first year, um, which I think speaks to you know uh, quite a bit of pent up demand, I guess, on the part of the industry to welcome a third party evaluator who's you know who's recognized and has a track record for being fair, transparent, uh, impartial, and most of all consumer focused. So. I think one thing that we observed was that the brands that did participate um, really went it all in, had all or nearly all of their locations participate in the survey. And I think that that speaks to, you know, buy-in at the highest levels of these organizations, really wanting to make sure that that they're able to provide transparency to their consumers about what, where their strengths are um, at each of their locations. Um, and that's certainly something that we are excited to be part of. In terms of recognitions, what we saw is that about 30% of participating communities were recognized as best in each of the three services that we evaluated. So we looked, as you know, at, at independent living, at assisted living, and memory care um, separately. And communities that, that provide all three uh, were evaluated in all three if they participate in the survey across those three services. But if a location was a standalone memory care facility, for example, or a standalone independent living, they were evaluated just in that one service that they provide. How do the best communities break down by community type? As you mentioned, independent living, assisted living, memory care. Yeah, of those 3,000 plus communities that, that participated, most of them um, provide assisted living and a sizable fraction provide, sometimes in addition to assisted living, provide another service, either independent living or memory care. There are also some standalone one service locations, but we have the most participation among assisted living, um, more than about, you know, about 2,500 uh, locations in all. Uh, there are about 1,000 independent living locations and about 1,500 memory care locations. Um, and we, you know, of those, again, these are all the ones that participated, so they weren't all recognized as best, but they provided data. They went to the trouble of surveying their, um, their residents and providing the data to us. And of those, um, in each of those categories, about 30% were recognized as best and met our benchmark. So that was about 300 independent living locations, nearly 800 assisted living locations, and, um, and about 500 uh, memory care locations. Okay. And to get to best, a community had to perform well on the surveys you mentioned of residents and or their family members or representatives. Could you talk about some of the questions that were asked on those surveys? Sure. So there were about 20 questions on the survey. Um, some of them, I say about because uh, certain service services uh, had questions that weren't relevant necessarily to other services. But some of the questions, for example, you know, uh, are in recommending this facility to your family and friends, how would you rate it overall? And so uh, both residents and family members were uh, able to respond to that on a scale to say, um, you know, I strongly recommend it or I strongly don't recommend it. And we used all of that information, um, the, both the type of response they provided and, you know, whether they were a resident themselves or, um, or a family member to calculate the score on that measure. And other questions were about, for example, food and dining or the staff or other uh, aspects of the experience of being a resident. So, for example, overall, how would you rate the food? And you know, I am satisfied with housekeeping. And so, the, so again, each respondent had the opportunity to, to respond on a scale uh, to indicate how they felt about those specific um, services. And then even within, you know, in addition to that food question I just gave you, um, the survey also drilled down to more specific questions like, 
I am satisfied with the variety of food offered and the dining staff service is prompt. And so those responses can get at different facets of the food and dining experience for, for, for residents, um, which is obviously helpful for both people who are considering moving into a, a location. Um, and I think also will provide uh, some real consumer feedback to the industry as they review the data that we've published on our website. Okay. And I understand that the survey process, in addition to maybe having some different questions depending on the care and service level, was a little different depending on that level. For instance, independent living ratings were based on resident surveys, whereas assisted living ratings were based on resident and family surveys, and memory care ratings were based on family surveys. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so locations did have the option to, to survey both residents and family, um, but in general, we got the most response uh, and, and feel the most reliable information was coming from the groups that you, that you mentioned. So in independent living, our ratings are based on resident responses. In memory care, they're based on family responses. And we um, blended both of those data sets together in evaluating assisted living. Um, one observation that, that we made early on in the data um, and took into account in our methodology is that residents on average are more satisfied than family members. Uh, even if you look at, you know, on a same facility uh, basis, um, residents usually respond more positively to the same question in this, you know, at the same location. Um, so to avoid disadvantaging communities that had, um, say, a relatively high response rate among family members, we performed statistical adjustments to the data to make sure that um, resident responses and family member responses were comparable. Um, so that when we combined them, we weren't, um, you know, we weren't, weren't uh, biasing the results in favor of uh, one subgroup of communities or another. And why do you think resident responses were different from family responses? You know, I, I, some experts have, have shared some um, hypotheses about that. Um, and uh, I think I've heard some smart ideas. Um, I, I, I can't say that I know uh, for sure, and I'd rather not speculate too much. Um, but I think, I think there are a lot of good ideas out there about why that is. Um, and I'm sure uh, you know, future research will bear out those that are correct. Okay, great. And um, what about CCRCs? How did you assess those? Yeah, that's a, a great question. So um, for independent living, assisted living, and memory care, the three levels of service we evaluated, CCRCs and life plan communities were assessed exactly the same way that other senior living providers were assessed. And I think that's an important point. You know, if a CCRC offered independent living, for example, we use the same criteria to determine whether it was best in independent living as we did for a freestanding independent living location or, you know, um, uh, just a, a non-CCRC location that might offer independent living along with whatever other services. Um, so we use the same criteria, we use the same data sources, we use the same survey. Um, overall, um, there were 25 senior living locations, including both seven CCRCs and 18 other communities that were recognized as best in all three levels of service that we looked at. And so this year we, we, you know, gave an additional recognition of best CCRC to those that were, um, you know, that it really excelled in all and every service that we evaluated. Um, but it's important to note that we, you know, we, we recognize that many CCRCs don't offer all three levels of service. Um, they, they, they certainly offer a health center uh, and they may have uh, only independent living or say assisted living and memory care. And so for CCRCs that offer just one or two levels of service um, or that didn't survey in all three, even if they do offer all three, um, they could, they were still 
you know, very, they were still eligible to be recognized as best in each of the services where we had data for them. Um, so they just weren't eligible for that, um, that additional recognition of, uh, you know, tied to being excellent in all three levels of service. The CCRC health centers are evaluated, you know, we, we evaluate them under a separate methodology that uses uh, a separate data set, uh, including federal data from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Um, so that has been previously published. Um, we, we release our best nursing home ratings each year, generally in the fall. Um, and, um, and we use, again, that, that, that federal data um, to evaluate that, looking at things like hospitalization rates, over, you know, overuse of chemical restraints, nurse staffing levels, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, so the CCRCs are... You know, we look at independent living, assisted living, and memory care if they offer uh, those services, uh, or you know, depending on which of those services they offer. And we also evaluate their health center um, using our nursing home uh, rating methodology. Thanks for that. Um, did anything surprise you about the survey results or the survey process? Well, you know, I think one thing which may not be a surprise to industry leaders, um, but I think is certainly noteworthy, um, is that there's there's considerable variation in customer satisfaction from senior living community to community. And that's true even within the same brand. Um, and I think we, you know, we sort of intuitively knew that going in, which is one reason that we focused our best senior living ratings on evaluating individual locations rather than on trying to evaluate the brands that operate them. Um, but the results really did bear that out in a very clear way. Um, and I think, you know, obviously for consumers that they, they are going to have an experience in a specific location. And so the, you know, the quality of that location and how satisfied other residents of that location are is really important to them. And that's why that's the focus of our ratings. I think for industry leaders there, you know, this means there's also an opportunity to uh, perform gap analysis and understand what's different between locations um, where residents and families are satisfied and those where they may be less satisfied. Um, I, the reason I do the work I do is that I'm a firm believer in the notion that data insights drive improvement. Um, so in addition to us being able to serve consumers' decision-making needs, I think we, you know, we're going to see that, um, you know, as U.S. News continues to work with the senior living industry, that, um, that the data insights that that generates uh, may create opportunities for uh, industry improvement. Now, some communities didn't meet the eligibility requirements to be listed as best. Um, maybe they didn't have enough survey responses to be rated, for instance, but they're still listed on the site, right? They are, yes. So we um, we will you know, we profile on usnews.com all communities for which we receive survey data. So you know, those more than three thousand communities that participated in the survey uh, were you know as long as we got some responses from their residents or from family members of residents, um, we, we are able to profile them, even if we didn't have enough data to be confident in publishing a rating of them. And communities are just getting a look at their detailed listings now. Um, what kind of feedback do you expect from communities that participated this year? You know, we, I think we'll, you know, we do expect to get um, more feedback in, in the weeks ahead, but what we've received um, so far has been, I think, really positive feedback from a number of industry leaders. Um, they, you know, they understand that we're trying to help consumers make data informed decisions and that the organizations that participate in our survey feel they have a, a positive story to tell those consumers through the data. Uh, so they, they want that, that data out there. So, you know, I think, I think they, they recognize that our impartial ratings and the 
prominence of uh, U.S. news's web listings um, and you know our accessibility to consumers will help them tell that story and reach their target audience. I'm sure that we'll you know we'll get feedback about how we might make the, the you know our web product even better, and sure I'll get some some feedback that I can take back to my team in terms of how we can draw more insightful uh, results from the data that we're that we have accessible to us. Um, and those those conversations are, are really important to us. I think you know one of the things that we have a reputation for in other areas where we've published ratings is engaging with stakeholders and understanding how we can improve our methodologies and improve what we publish from one year to the next. So that that iterative process and that constructive input that we get from stakeholders is um, is a really important part of why U.S. News has been successful in publishing ratings over in, you know across many types of services. Do you have any advice for communities that want to improve for next year? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, you know, we do not provide advice or advisory services to provider organizations, um, and that's a very intentional decision on our part um, to ensure that we remain an impartial and trusted evaluator. So I, I, I think with all due respect, I will uh, not offer advice, but I think that, you know, the data that we publish, again, at the at the community level, while our mission is to, to serve consumers' needs. There is very much opportunities for industry to learn about their their own organizations and look to benchmark themselves by by consulting that data too. So uh, I'm I'm sure that they will be um, able to 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 come up with ideas for how they can improve what they're doing. Great. And I understand that U.S. News and World Report is having a webinar on May 25th to discuss the program. Yes, that's right. So, you know, as I mentioned, dialogue with stakeholders is really important to us. It's central to how we iteratively improve our approach to ratings. So that webinar on May 25th is free to anyone who wants to be part of the dialogue. You know, your listeners can register at usnews.com slash events. And uh, it will be the you know the first of what will likely be you know future webinars and, and conversations with industry leaders. And beyond the webinar, where can people go if they work in senior living and they have questions about the best senior living program or want to participate next year? Yes. So, you know, if they're interested in participating next year in the in the customer satisfaction survey, they can reach out to our survey administrator, Activated Insights. We've set up a web page at activatedinsights.com slash US News. Um, and that would be the, uh, you know, the, the avenue for organizations that missed out this year to um, to join in the survey process next year. Um, if they did participate in our inaugural survey this year, um, then they've received recent email communications from U.S. News about where to direct any questions or feedback they have. And if, you know, if they didn't get that email uh, or those, those, those communications or they just want to reach out to a general um, point of contact, they can email us at seniorliving at usnews.com. Uh, we have a, a team here um, that will be you know, addressing questions, reviewing feedback, uh, thinking about how we can improve what we do in the future, um, how we can make the survey process more seamless, how we can make the methodology um, as strong as possible, and, and ultimately how we can best serve the needs of consumers who are trying to choose um, where, where to live. Well, before we say goodbye today, is there anything else you'd like to share with people listening today? You know, I really appreciate your interest and, and your listeners' interest in what we're doing. Um, I think the, you know, the, the the mission of U.S. News, as I said, is to meet the needs of consumers, the informational needs that they have, and help them make data-driven decisions. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that target audience is who we serve. And I know that that is very much 
the the audience that that senior living operators want to serve too. So I see a natural partnership in trying to work together to make sure that the data that consumers need is available to them and that it has been uh, thoughtfully uh, you know, evaluated and published by an impartial arbiter of quality like U.S. News. I've been speaking with Ben Harder, Managing Editor and Chief of Health Analysis for U.S. News & World Report, about the new Best Senior Living ratings. To check them out, visit usnews.com slash best hyphen senior hyphen living. Ben, thanks for making time to speak with me today. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Lois. For McKnight Senior Living, this is Lois Bowers. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com. Music.